Welcome to the People Leaders Podcast, the audio resource for managers and business leaders creating high-performing teams. Join leadership and team development experts Jan and Michelle Turkelson each week as they explore both subjects from every angle. Through practical tips, valuable insights, and compelling interviews with leadership experts around the world, you'll learn how to bring out the best in your staff and how to give your best as a leader. Welcome back to the People Leaders Podcast with Jan Turkelson, that would be me, and Michelle Turkelson, that's me, and we're up to episode six already, can you believe it, Jan? And that brings us to the third dimension of our high-performing team assessment tool. So if this is your first time listening to the show, we invite you to go back to episode two, where we gave an overview of the high-performing team assessment tool, and then episodes three, four, and five, where we looked at the first three dimensions of the tool, which are direction, interaction, and accountability. Yeah, and each of these dimensions provides a reference point and the high-performing team assessment tool acts as almost like a scorecard, so to speak, and that gives managers and leaders an indication of what measures they could take to help their team perform even better. And today we move on to the fourth dimension and that's process. Process is really about all those internal processes and procedures that teams follow. So it could be as simple as, you know, what process do we follow at team meetings? Correct. And if you have a look at the definition of process, it really it's a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. So really, so what are the actions or steps that we take in order to achieve certain things that we want as a team? Yeah, and that's a good question about anything that you do. What's the result? Like, What do we want to get out of this? So for you and I, Michelle, whenever we have a call or a coaching conversation with someone or a meeting, you know, the first question that we start with is what's the purpose and what do you want to get out of it? Perfect. And that Mm. is an example of a process that we follow whenever we have a meeting with someone. So that's a great one, Jan. Terrific. So the first line item um, on process is our team policies and procedures are clearly articulated and understood so they may not be formally written down Mm. however we have discussed them the team understands how we move through certain projects and tasks so we might be really clear on our policies and procedure around safety Mm. and it could be we're really clear about um, our processes around technology so what type of tools that we use in the team what do we um how do we upload certain information how do we access certain information do we do it at certain times within um, the day for our team to operate more efficiently so it's things like that and also when you think about it a lot of teams get together either once a week or once a fortnight in the form of a team meeting there mm. is a perfect perfect example of a a policy or a procedure that is followed so or understood or not understood so when we do mm. have a team meeting is it you know our understanding that everybody turns up on time is it our understanding that we have an agenda is it our understanding that we take action items and then follow up on that and that's another example of either a process or a policy or a procedure that's either understood or not understood within the context of a team. That's right. And, you know, what's the one thing that most teams do when they have team meetings? So if you get that right, mm. um, it really is going to add to your level of performance. And a tip that I want to give 
the um, guys around team meetings is you know at least you know 70 to 80 percent of the discussion around team meetings should be future oriented and I usually don't say should a lot but a lot of times you know people talk about what has happened when in this case a high performing team is very future oriented it's looking at what it is going to um, do the possibilities innovation very future driven and yeah, yeah and, and the thing that that leads me to, to ask is, so when I am sharing information in a team meeting, what is the purpose? Always think yes. about, so what is the purpose of me sharing this piece of information in the first place? Okay, so that's number one, Jan. Our team policies and procedures are clearly articulated and understood. Uh, if you scored poorly on that, it would be that there are few, if any, clearly communicated and documented policies and procedures. So if I could ask you, Jen, as a leader of a team, what could be something or a strategy that a team leader could implement if they believe that the team rated poorly in that area so that they don't have clearly communicated or documented policies and procedures? First of all, I would want the team to create a little bit of a list of high priority procedures. What are the things that we use that on a daily basis, weekly basis, that are absolutely critical for our team, yeah. that are important to our customers and stakeholders, and then I would prioritise them. So that's my first step. And then the second step would be to start having conversations about each and every one and how does this need to be written down, what are the steps involved, and if we don't follow the steps, what are the consequences? You know, How is that yeah. going to impact us and how do we hold people to account? Yeah. Yeah, and again, you know, you probably want to apply that 80-20 rule. If you can get 80% of uh, your either, you know, procedures or, you know, operations or activities uh, articulated or communicated in some way, you're definitely working towards that high-performing team end. That's right, and the people leader doesn't have to do it all by themselves. Get the team involved because they're closer to the action. Yeah, correct. All right, so let's have a look at number two, Jam. We have agreed on a process for reaching tough decisions. Yeah, and decisions are points in a, a day or an event or a circumstance that is going to move you in another direction. You know, it's going to cut you off from one possibility and put you on a path or a focus to another. So if you have really good procedures or you know process in place for reaching these decisions you are going to be in a better you know mm. situation a better circumstance mm. and what I would say to that is that if you've got uh, it, look if you've got an approach for reaching tough decisions then it's going to be so much easier because you've got a process in place whether it's a tough decision or an easy decision the thing about an easy, easy decision is you really don't have to think about it Right. If you've got a tougher decision, if you've got a process or a, um, an approach that you can adopt in order to uh, reach that decision, you are going to be better satisfied with the results and you're going to be able to implement it a whole lot more effectively. Now, at this point, we probably should or might share with, the, with people listening is this synergistic problem-solving model that human synergistics uh, have been teaching for a couple of years. And it is all about reaching effective solutions. And it's a process of 
you know, solving problems. And basically they say there are two elements. You've got the quality side, which are the rational skills. You know, are we analysing the situation and setting objectives, etc. And then you've got the other side, which are the interpersonal skills that are really important when you're trying to solve a problem. Are we listening to all sides of the, of the story? Are we supporting one another? Are we hearing the differing opinions? Is everyone participating? And are we striving for consensus? Now, as you were saying earlier on, we were having a discussion about this issue of um, consensus. There is another opportunity for you as a team to uh, have an, an approach to consensus. Are we going to have 100% agreement on every single decision or is it going to be the majority rules or will we always try and strive for consensus so that everybody is understood but the team leader makes the final decision? But they yeah. definitely have a, you could have an approach around um, consensus. That's right. And even making decisions when you have a look at the different focuses. So when you said uh, the, the quality, mm. which is the rational yep. side of it, and then you have the acceptance, which is the personal side. So that could be the mechanistic side, emotional side, the task side, the people focus. Mm. So there are certain ways that you can couch a problem and look at it from different levels or different perspectives which will help people drive to a better decision. Mm, correct. The next one, we have an agreed approach for resolving conflict when it arises. And we've singled out conflict because uh, out of all the issues that really get teams undone, this is a big one that we've seen over the years, Michelle. Yes? Oh, absolutely. And sometimes it's it's because, like, conflict is just a, is a natural way of being if you're a human being living with other human beings, right? <laughs> it's how we deal and or resolve the conflict that is the real issue. So the, the definition of conflict, it's a serious disagreement or argument and typically it's a protracted one. So it's one that doesn't just, you know, flare up and is resolved quickly. It is something that... I don't know, has this element of, you know, disagreement or dissension or dispute involved mm. in it. And, and it impacts, yeah. yeah, and it impacts your levels of satisfaction, performance, motivation. And that's why it is really important for a high-performing team to get this um, this in, into the open, yeah, and to have some process in place for managing conflict. And sometimes and, when we... Oh, sorry, Jan, to cut you off. Um, well, all I was going to say is that uh, over the years we have been brought in to work with teams when they're in a high state of conflict and there are a number of, there's a series or a process that you go through and there's some strategies that we introduce and a nice strategy that you can introduce before the conflict gets too um, out of control is having a discussion around, okay team, when conflict does arise, Let's have a discussion about how we um, might deal with that. Here, yes. And, you know, the people leader, I would say, definitely will lead this discussion. This is how I would like to deal with um, issues of conflict. This is the approach. If you have a conflict with another team member, and have a discussion with the team. How do we want to solve that? Do you want to go directly to that team member first and then bring me in? You know, and, and it really does depend on the maturity of the team, uh, how 
how long they've been together, the levels of trust, all those sorts of things, but at least have a discussion around how you would like to deal with conflict as a team. Yeah, and so I want to share with you or with everyone our top 10. So over all the years that we've been doing it, we've come up with our um, top 10 strategies for dealing with conflict. First one is using I statements and the importance of that is that it demonstrates that you have taken responsibility. So I feel um, really uncomfortable when you speak to me like that and what I really would like um, in the future is if we can come to some arrangement that um, when we speak to each other, we don't raise our voices. Um, can you agree on that? And so, again, you're being really clear about what it is that you want and you've taken responsibility of how you feel. Um, the second one, listen with all your senses. You know when you're listening is when you are not repeating um, or trying to come up with a a retort or something else or a response you're actually listening to every word that that person is saying and and listening to try and understand as opposed mm. to you know i'm hearing the words so that i can um i don't know make you wrong or make me right i, I agree yeah. and that's a tough one that is a tough yeah. one really and so when we're reading out these um, strategies, I want you to think about, you know, like what is one thing that you could actually refine or start to practice even more, yeah, than you already are now. The third one, use questions at the end of a conversation because this really confirms whether or not you understand or whether or not you're in agreement. Number four, change a should to a could. It makes the difference in the energy and the way in which... Um, you present a conclusion or just the way in which that person receives the information. And the next uh, one is changing a but to an and. I love this one, Jen. Mm. And it just means you have to think a little bit more. That's all. Because anything before the but, people will lose. Like, for example, um, I really appreciate um, your input into the team session. It was really enthusiastic, but... So everything you've just said before that, they miss. And everything so after, wanna, yeah, they're, they're, they're dialed yeah. up, you know. Another yeah, so minutes. change it to an and. Just practice that. I promise it will make such a difference. Mm. Number six, give context. Give the reason why because we have the story in our own head but we need to be able to articulate that story and bring people and use facts as much as you can um, when you're providing context. Number seven, don't assume. Number eight, broaden your perspective and broaden your perspective meaning look at it from a different perspective whether or not it's a long, longer term, whether it's from a perspective of a manager, a peer, a subordinate, just change your perspective in some way. Nine, don't take things personally which is easier said than done I know for um, us feelers uh, but one of the ways that we do that, because I was talking to someone yesterday about that, you know, how do you not take things personally? And I said, well, what I tend to do is I'm really good at stepping into someone's shoes, like understanding how they feel. And when I'm stepping into someone's shoes, I get a picture of more than what I would if I didn't do that. So if someone is quite uh, rude or condescending or very um, 
what's the word, you know, they're not being, you know, respectful. I try and jump into their situation about what that would actually feel like to be like that. And then I can understand more fully about why they would do something like that. And I'm less likely to take it personally. So I'm using my strength in a way that supports me. Dan, if I could just mention a book by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. I think one of the uh, sort of agreements that he refers to is not taking things personally. And the opening statement is nothing others do is because of you. <laughs> it's all about them. Um, and if I could just uh, read a little bit more and he says things like, you know, what others say and do is a projection of their own reality and their own dream. And when you're immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. So another reason why we wouldn't take things personally. Mm, very good. So let's continue on with process. And the next item is that our meetings are productive, they're well run, they are focused and well facilitated. So there are quite a few components that make up a really good meeting. That's right. So when you think about it, a lot of action happens during the team meetings now. You, you could have like most of your, you know, human resources at a team meeting at any one time. Therefore, you want to make sure they're as effective and as productive as possible. At the very, very least, have an agenda. And all an agenda is, is an outline of what we're going to cover in this team meeting. If you can, at the, you know, put it out in advance for people, give them the opportunity to contribute to that agenda. If, you, if you're not that organised or, the, you know, you're not that sophisticated yet, come in and write it on the whiteboard so everybody can see these are the things that we're going to cover. The other thing that I would encourage people to do is to allow everyone the opportunity to participate during team meetings. So whether that's uh, I want to hear from everybody, go around the table, do it like that, as opposed to just letting the extroverts shout out their opinions all the time. I would encourage everybody for, to have some sort of process where everybody uh, gets an opportunity to contribute in some way in a team meeting. And the third thing is have a set of actions or agreements as a result of this group of people coming together. Yeah. Sorry, Jen, you and, go. And what we have seen, and people have given us feedback, is that, yeah, I asked the question in the team and I don't get any response. So I asked, so what do you think? But what happens is it's either the quality of the question doesn't hit the mark or you haven't set it up with the right context and background to get the best response. So the quality of your answers will be determined by the quality of your question. Correct, Jan. And the other thing that I would say is give, like set people up for success, like yourself and them. So if it is, if it does require a little bit of thinking through, then give them time to do that in advance. Don't put people on the spot because you're not likely to get the best answer. Yeah, or I'm going to give you two minutes. I want you to really think about the decision that we're going to come, uh, that we, that I would like to get your opinion on. And I'm happy for us to just take two minutes to do that. Because some people actually need that lead time. So you're going to get quality results out of that. Correct. Correct. 
So as a people leader, just be mindful of where your focus is and what do you want them to think about and, when you ask them And questions. Jen, another thing that I've seen high-performing teams do every now and then, or even more so at the end of every team meeting, they say, okay, how effective do you think that was? Um, how effective do you think that team meeting was? And they go around the table and they have to rate from 1 to 10. You know, 1 being really poor, 10 being, you know, best team meeting ever. Or, you know, 1 to 5. So you could either do that every team meeting or you could have a qualitative answer and, and rather than a number. And you don't have to do it every team meeting. It could be once a week, once a month, you know, or sporadically do something like that so that you're continually getting feedback, making improvements. And the next question could be, so what could we do differently to make it more effective? That's just another hint in terms of um, always dialing up the effectiveness. Yeah. And a high performer will always ask those type of questions that will be in the front of their mind or the back of their mind all the time yes. and they'll do something about it. Correct. So all the things that we have spoken about over the, you know, the last 15 minutes or so, you know, I want you to start thinking about what is one thing that, that I could start to introduce or do differently. <laughs> okay, so the last point in uh, the process facet is when one person is absent, important things still get done. I know it sort of reminds me of a, um, a client we were dealing with just recently, Jan, where we're trying to make contact within organisation and this person has been absent or on leave and there's nobody that we can talk to uh, in relation to this, um, to this issue. So it's made it very difficult um, from their point of view to get business and also it's made it difficult from us who are potential clients uh, to get any answers. And so really ha hasn't left a good taste in our mouth, has it, in relation to this? So a high-performing team would be one where if somebody is absent, not just the important things get done, but everything still gets done. It's seamless. So, Jan, do you have any, any tips or strategies as to how a team, if they, they don't have this in place, could start to implement something like this? to ensure that important things get done when someone's away? Yeah, so it could be just a simple process. You know, pick someone in your team yeah. and give them a little bit of a synopsis or a heads up around some of the important issues that you're dealing with, what could be um, clients or stakeholders that may be in contact with you and give them and then I would also contact my key stakeholders or internal clients and tell them that I'm going away because again you're actually valuing that relationship mm. and that so that's how I would do it mm. and all the issues and points that we have talked about as a people leader I would really um, engage my team and look at what are some of those key processes that are important to us, really critical, how would we rate them and prioritise them and what do you think we need to do to make them even better or mo more robust. Terrific. And, and then individually, what is one thing that I could start to either dial up or do differently that would raise my level of performance, satisfaction, motivation and, that's, and, and do it. That's right. That's from a team member's point of view or a people leader's point of view. I totally agree. Good advice, okay. Janet. So 
We've covered process in the high-performing team, really looking at the tool, and we're really looking forward to the next instalment. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the People Leaders Podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit us at peopleleaderspodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe for future episodes so you can continue your own leadership journey. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The People Leaders Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.